Section 23 of Incidents of Travel in Central America, Chiapas and Yucatan, Volume 2, by John Lloyd Steffens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sue Anderson. Chapter 20 Plan of the Ruins, Pyramidal Structure, A Building, Stucco Ornaments, Human Figures, Tablets, Remarkable Hieroglyphics, Range of Pillars, Stone Terrace, Another Building, A Large Tablet, A Cross, Conjectures in Regard to This Cross, Beautiful Sculpture, A Platform, Curious Devices, A Statue, Another Pyramidal Structure, Surmounted by a Building, Corridors, A Curious Bas-Relief, Stone Tablets with Figures in Bas-Relief, Tablets and Figures, the oratorio, more pyramidal structures and buildings, extent of the ruins, these ruins the remains of a polished and peculiar people, antiquity of Palenque. The plan opposite indicates the position of all the buildings which have been discovered at Palenque. There are remains of others in the same vicinity, but so utterly dilapidated that we have not thought it worth while to give any description of them, nor even to indicate their places on the plan. From the palace no other building is visible. Passing out by what is called the subterraneous passage, you descend the southwest corner of the terrace, and at the foot immediately commence ascending a ruined pyramidal structure which appears once to have had steps on all its sides. These steps have been thrown down by the trees, and it is necessary to clamber over stones, aiding the feet by clinging to the branches. The ascent is so steep that if the first man displaces a stone, it bounds down the side of the pyramid, and woe to those behind. About halfway up, through openings in the trees, is seen the building represented in the engraving opposite, the height of the structure on which it stands is 110 feet on the slope. The engravings represent the actual condition of the building, surrounded and overgrown by trees. But no description and no drawing can give effect to the moral sublimity of the spectacle. From the multiplicity of engravings required to illustrate the architecture and arts of this unknown people, I have omitted a series of views exhibiting the most picturesque and striking subjects that ever presented themselves to the pencil of an artist. The ruins and the forest made the deep and abiding impression upon our minds, but our object is to present the buildings as restored, as subjects for speculation and comparison with the architecture of other lands and times. The supposed restorations were made after a careful examination, and in each case the reader will see precisely what we had to guide us in making them. I must remark, however, that the buildings are the only parts which we attempted to restore. The specimens of sculpture and stuccoed ornaments were drawn as we found them. The engraving opposite represents the same building, cleared from forest and restored, and according to our division, marked on the plan number one. In the plate are given the ground plan, beginning at the bottom, the front elevation, 
a section showing the position of tablets within and the front elevation on a smaller scale with the pyramidal structure on which it stands the building is seventy-six feet in front and twenty-five feet deep it has five doors and six piers all standing the whole front was richly ornamented in stucco and the corner piers are covered with hieroglyphics each of which contains ninety-six squares the four piers are ornamented with human figures two on each side facing each other which are represented in the following engravings in the order in which they stand upon the piers the first is that of a woman with a child in her arms at least we suppose it was intended for a woman from the dress it is enclosed by an elaborate border and stands on a rich ornament the head is destroyed over the top are three hieroglyphics and there are traces of hieroglyphics broken off in the corner the other three are of the same general character each probably had an infant in the arms and over each are hieroglyphics at the foot of the two center piers resting on the steps are two stone tablets with what seemed interesting figures but so encumbered with ruins that it was impossible to draw them the interior of the building is divided into two corridors running lengthwise with a ceiling rising nearly to a point as in the palace and paved with large square stones the front corridor is seven feet wide the separating wall is very massive and has three doors a large one in the center and a smaller one on each side in this corridor at each side of the principal door is a large tablet of hieroglyphics each thirteen feet long and eight feet high and each divided into two hundred and forty squares of characters or symbols both are set in the wall so as to project three or four inches in one place a hole had been made in the wall close to the side of one of them apparently for the purpose of attempting its removal by which we discovered that the stone is about a foot thick the sculpture is in bas-relief the tablets are represented in the engravings opposite the construction of the tablets was a large stone on each side and smaller ones in the centre as indicated by the dark lines in the engravings in the right-hand tablet one line is obliterated by water that has trickled down for an unknown length of time and formed a sort of stalactite or hard substance which has incorporated itself with the stone and which we could not remove though perhaps it might be detached by some chemical process in the other tablet nearly one half of the hieroglyphics are obliterated by the action of water and decomposition of the stone when we first saw them both tablets were covered with a thick coat of green moss and it was necessary to wash and scrape them clear the lines with a stick and scrub them thoroughly for which last operation a pair of blacking brushes that juan had picked up in my house at guatemala and disobeyed my order to throw away upon the road proved exactly what we wanted and could not have been procured besides this process on account of the darkness of the corridor from the thick shade of the trees growing before it was necessary to burn candles or torches 
and to throw a strong light upon the stones while Mr. Catherwood was drawing. The corridor in the rear is dark and gloomy, and divided into three apartments. Each of the side apartments has two narrow openings about three inches wide and a foot high. They have no remains of sculpture or painting or stuccoed ornaments. In the center apartment, set in the back wall and fronting the principal door of entrance, is another tablet of hieroglyphics, four feet six inches wide and three feet six inches high. The roof above is tight, consequently it has not suffered from exposure, and the hieroglyphics are perfect, though the stone is cracked lengthwise through the middle, as indicated in the engraving. The impression made upon our minds by these speaking but unintelligible tablets I shall not attempt to describe. From some unaccountable cause they have never before been presented to the public. Captains Del Rio and Dupay both refer to them, but in very few words, and neither of them has given a single drawing. Acting under a royal commission, and selected, doubtless, as fit men for the duties entrusted to them, they cannot have been ignorant or insensible of their value. It is my belief they did not give them, because in both cases the artists attached to their expedition were incapable of the labor, and the steady, determined perseverance required for drawing such complicated, unintelligible, and anomalous characters. As at Copan, Mr. Catherwood divided his paper into squares, the original drawings were reduced, and the engravings corrected by himself, and I believe they are as true copies as the pencil can make, the real written records of a lost people. The Indians call this building an escuela, or school, but our friends the Padres called it a tribunal of justice, and these stones, they say, contained the tablets of the law. There is one important fact to be noticed. The hieroglyphics are the same as were found at Copan and Quirigua. The intermediate country is now occupied by races of Indians speaking many different languages, and entirely unintelligible to each other. But there is room for the belief that the whole of this country was once occupied by the same race, speaking the same language, or at least having the same written characters. There is no staircase or other visible communication between the lower and upper parts of this building, and the only way of reaching the latter was by climbing a tree which grows close against the wall, and the branches of which spread over the roof. The roof is inclined, and the sides are covered with stucco ornaments, which from exposure to the elements and the assaults of trees and bushes are faded and ruined, so that it was impossible to draw them but enough remained to give the impression that, when perfect and painted, they must have been rich and imposing. Along the top was a range of pillars, eighteen inches high and twelve apart, made of small pieces of stone laid in mortar and covered with stucco, crowning which is a layer of flat projecting stones, having somewhat the appearance of a low, open balustrade. In front of this building, at the foot of the pyramidal structure, is a small stream, part of which supplies the aqueduct before referred to. 
crossing this we came upon a broken stone terrace about sixty feet on the slope with a level esplanade at the top one hundred and ten feet in breadth from which rises another pyramidal structure now ruined and overgrown with trees it is one hundred and thirty-four feet high on the slope and on its summit is the building marked number two like the first shrouded among trees but presented in the engraving opposite as restored the plate contains as before the ground plan front elevation section and front elevation on a smaller scale with the pyramidal structure on which it stands the building is fifty-four feet front thirty-one feet deep and has three doorways the whole front was covered with stuccoed ornaments the two outer piers contain hieroglyphics one of the inner piers is fallen and the other is ornamented with a figure in bas-relief but faded and ruined the interior again is divided into two corridors running lengthwise with ceilings as before and pavements of large square stones in which forcible breaches have been made doubtless by captain del rio and excavations underneath the back corridor is divided into three apartments and opposite the principal door of entrance is an oblong enclosure with a heavy cornice or moulding of stucco and a doorway richly ornamented over the top but now much defaced on each side of the doorway was a tablet of sculptured stone which however has been removed within the chamber is thirteen feet wide and seven feet deep there was no admission of light except from the door the sides were without ornament of any kind and in the back wall covering the whole width was a tablet given in the engraving opposite it was ten feet eight inches wide six feet four inches in height and consisted of three separate stones that on the left facing the spectator is still in its place the middle one has been removed and carried down the side of the structure and now lies near the bank of the stream it was removed many years ago by one of the inhabitants of the village with the intention of carrying it to his house but after great labor with no other instruments than the arms and hands of indians and poles cut from trees it had advanced so far when its removal was arrested by an order from the government forbidding any further abstraction from the ruins we found it lying on its back near the banks of the stream washed by many floods of the rainy season and covered with a thick coat of dirt and moss we had it scrubbed and propped up and probably the next traveller will find it with the same props under it which we had placed there in the engraving it is given in its original position on the wall the stone on the right is broken and unfortunately altogether destroyed most of the fragments have disappeared but from the few we found among the ruins in the front of the building there is no doubt that it contained ranges of hieroglyphics corresponding in general appearance with those of the stone on the left the tablet as given in the engraving contains only two-thirds of the original in del rio's work it is not represented at all in dupay it is given not however as it exists but as made up by the artist in paris so as to present a perfect picture the subject is reversed with the cross in the centre 
and on each side a single row of hieroglyphics only eight in number probably when dupe saw it thirty-four years before it was entire but the important features of six rows of hieroglyphics on each side of the principal figures each row containing seventeen in a line do not appear this is the more inexcusable in his publishers as in his report dupe expressly refers to these numerous hieroglyphics but it is probable that his report was not accompanied by any drawings of them the principal subject of this tablet is the cross it is surmounted by a strange bird and loaded with indescribable ornaments the two figures are evidently those of important personages they are well drawn and in symmetry of proportion are perhaps equal to many that are carved on the walls of the ruined temples in egypt their costume is in a style different from any heretofore given and the folds would seem to indicate that they were of a soft and pliable texture like cotton both are looking towards the cross and one seems in the act of making an offering perhaps of a child all speculations on the subject are of course entitled to little regard but perhaps it would not be wrong to ascribe to these personages a sacerdotal character the hieroglyphics doubtless explain all near them are other hieroglyphics which reminded us of the egyptian mode of recording the name history office or character of the persons represented this tablet of the cross has given rise to more learned speculations than perhaps any others found at palenque dupe and his commentators assuming for the building a very remote antiquity or at least a period long antecedent to the christian era account for the appearance of the cross by the argument that it was known and had a symbolic meaning among ancient nations long before it was established as the emblem of the christian faith our friends the padres at the sight of it immediately decided that the old inhabitants of palenque were christians and by conclusions which are sometimes called jumping they fixed the age of the buildings in the third century there is reason to believe that this particular building was intended as a temple and that the enclosed inner chamber was an adoratorio or oratory or altar what the rites and ceremonies of worship may have been no one can undertake to say the upper part of this building differs from the first as before there was no staircase or other communication inside or out nor were there the remains of any the only mode of access was in like manner by climbing a tree the branches of which spread across the roof the roof was inclined and the sides were richly ornamented with stucco figures plants and flowers but mostly ruined among them were the fragments of a beautiful head and of two bodies in justness of proportion and symmetry approaching the greek models on the top of this roof is a narrow platform supporting what for the sake of description i shall call two stories the platform is but two feet ten inches wide and the superstructure of the first story is seven feet five inches in height that of the second eight feet five inches the width of the two being the same 
the ascent from one to the other is by square projecting stones and the covering of the upper story is of flat stones laid across and projecting over the long sides of this narrow structure are of open stucco work formed into curious and indescribable devices human figures with legs and arms spreading and apertures between and the whole was once loaded with rich and elegant ornaments in stucco relief its appearance at a distance must have been that of a high fanciful lattice altogether like the rest of the architecture and ornaments it was perfectly unique different from the works of any other people with which we were familiar and its uses and purposes entirely incomprehensible perhaps it was intended as an observatory from the upper gallery through openings in the trees growing around we looked out over an immense forest and saw the lake of terminos and the gulf of mexico near this building was another interesting monument which had been entirely overlooked by those who preceded us in a visit to palenque and i mention this fact in the hope that the next visitor may discover many things omitted by us it lies in front of the building about forty or fifty feet down the side of the pyramidal structure when we first passed it with our guide it lay on its face with its head downward and half buried by an accumulation of earth and stones the outer side was rough and unhewn and our attention was attracted by its size our guide said it was not sculptured but after he had shown us everything that he had knowledge of and we had discharged him in passing it again we stopped and dug around it and discovered that the under surface was carved the indians cut down some saplings for levers and rolled it over the opposite engraving represents this monument it is the only statue that has ever been found at palenque we were at once struck with its expression of serene repose and its strong resemblance to egyptian statues though in size it does not compete with the gigantic remains of egypt in height it is ten feet six inches of which two feet six inches were underground the headdress is lofty and spreading there are holes in the place of ears which were perhaps adorned with earrings of gold and pearls round the neck is a necklace and pressed against the breast by the right hand is an instrument apparently with teeth the left hand rests on a hieroglyphic from which descends some symbolic ornament the lower part of the dress bears an unfortunate resemblance to the modern pantaloons but the figure stands on what we have always considered a hieroglyphic analogous again to the custom in egypt of recording the name and office of the hero or other person represented the sides are rounded and the back is of rough stone probably it stood embedded in a wall from the foot of the elevation on which the last mentioned building stands their bases almost touching rises another pyramidal structure of about the same height on the top of which is the building marked number three such is the density of the forest 
even on the sides of the pyramidal structure that though in a right line but a short distance apart one of these buildings cannot be seen from the other the engraving opposite represents this building as restored not from any fancied idea of what it might have been but from such remains and indications that it was impossible to make anything else of it it is thirty-eight feet front and twenty-eight feet deep and has three doors the end piers are ornamented with hieroglyphics in stucco two large medallions in handsome compartments and the intermediate ones with bas-reliefs also in stucco in general character similar to those before given and for that reason not to multiply engravings i omit them the interior again is divided into two corridors about nine feet wide each and paved with stone the engraving opposite represents the front corridor with the ceiling rising nearly to a point and covered at the top with a layer of flat stones in several places on each side are holes which are found also in all the other corridors they were probably used to support poles for scaffolding while the building was in process of erection and had never been filled up at the extreme end cut through the wall is one of the windows before referred to which have been the subject of speculation from analogy to the letter tau the back corridor is divided into three apartments in the center facing the principal door of entrance is an enclosed chamber similar to that which in the last building we have called an oratory or altar its shadow is seen in the engraving the top of the doorway was gorgeous with stuccoed ornaments and on the piers at each side were stone tablets in bas-relief within the chamber was four feet seven inches deep and nine feet wide there were no stuccoed ornaments or paintings but set in the back wall was a stone tablet covering the whole width of the chamber nine feet wide and eight feet high the tablet is given in the frontispiece of this volume and i beg to call it to the particular attention of the reader as the most perfect and most interesting monument in palenque neither del rio nor dupe has given any drawing of it and it is now for the first time presented to the public it is composed of three separate stones the joints in which are shown by the blurred lines in the engraving the sculpture is perfect and the characters and figures stand clear and distinct on the stone on each side are rows of hieroglyphics the principal personages will be recognized at once as the same who are represented in the tablet of the cross they wear the same dress but here both seem to be making offerings both personages stand on the backs of human beings one of whom supports himself by his hands and knees, and the other seems crushed to the ground by the weight. Between them, at the foot of the tablet, are two figures sitting cross-legged, one bracing himself with his right hand on the ground, and with the left supporting a square table. The attitude and action of the other are the same, 
except that they are in reverse order. The table also rests on their bended necks, and their distorted countenances may perhaps be considered expressions of pain and suffering. They are both clothed in leopard skins. Upon this table rest two batons crossed, their upper extremities richly ornamented, and supporting what seems a hideous mask, the eyes widely expanded and the tongue hanging out. This seems to be the object to which the principal personages are making offerings. The pier on each side of the doorway contain a stone tablet, with figures carved in bas-relief, which are represented in the two following engravings. These tablets, however, have been removed from their place to the village and set up in the wall of a house as ornaments. They were the first objects which we saw, and the last which Mr. Catherwood drew. The house belonged to two sisters, who have an exaggerated idea of the value of these tablets, and though always pleased with our coming to see them, made objections to having them copied. We obtained permission only by promising a copy for them also, which, however, Mr. Catherwood, worn out with constant labor, was entirely unable to make. I cut out of Del Rio's book the drawings of the same subjects, which I thought, being printed, would please them better. But they had examined Mr. Catherwood's drawing in its progress, and were not at all satisfied with the substitute. The moment I saw these tablets, I formed the idea of purchasing them, and carrying them home as a sample of Palenque. But it was some time before I ventured to broach the subject. They could not be purchased without the house, but that was no impediment, for I liked the house also. It was afterward included among the subjects of other negotiations, which were undetermined when I left Palenque. End of section 23